What should we expect from the Carolina Panthers later this week as they welcome the New York Jets for joint practices? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays throughout the offseason, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. Get those questions into me now as the Carolina Panthers are going to welcome the New York Jets first on Wednesday and Thursday down the road in Spartanburg on the campus of Wofford College for two days of joint practices. Then on Saturday, the preseason opener at Bank of America Stadium where Bryce Young will indeed start. The Carolina Panthers will have that going on. So very busy week for a team that had some ups and downs this past weekend as the defense was dominant and the offense had some struggles. And we'll talk to Mike Kay of the Charlotte Observer today to get some reactions from the past weekend and what went on down in Spartanburg. Also, the Carolina Panthers finally went out there and signed a veteran edge rusher in Justin Houston. We talked about it on yesterday's show. We'll talk to Mike about this, the money that Houston signed and also what this means for guys like Etor Grossmatos, Amari Barno, and some of the other players on the Panthers roster who's impacted by it positively, who's impacted by it negatively and where the Carolina Panthers might turn next in trying to build this roster ahead of the 2023 season. So all that coming up on today's show here on Locked on Panthers here in just a moment. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So, with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Looking for a second-year fantasy wide receiver who can drive your team to big points while he catches on with a new starting quarterback? Garrett Wilson is a guaranteed fit with Aaron Rodgers, ready to build on his rookie season with the Jets. Watch Wilson make big plays all over the field with his speed, quickness, and route running. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With eBay guaranteed fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride runs smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time around. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check, get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, back here on Locked on Panthers, as promised, Mike K. Follow him on Twitter at Mike underscore E underscore K with an E on Twitter. He is your Panthers beat reporter. One of them 
over at the Charlotte Observer as Alex Zeitlow. Congratulations. It's now your uh, partner in crime there here for the 2023 season. Mike, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. It's awesome to have Alex on board. He's been at a training camp kind of with a soft launch, and I'm very excited about working with him. I'm a big fan of his. He's an excellent writer. He's already putting out some excellent stories, and it's hot, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so I need all the help I can get. Well, it's going to be a big week for the Panthers as they prepare for joint practices on Wednesday and Thursday with the New York Jets. And then on Saturday, they'll have their preseason opener here at Bank of America Stadium. But before we get into that, we're talking about launches. The Carolina Panthers probably not going to have a soft launch as Justin Houston is going to be their new outside linebacker opposite of Brian Burns, just at least based off of the contract terms. Coming to agreement there on Sunday afternoon, something that People said last year the Panthers needed to add an edge rusher after watching watching Hassan Reddick walk in free agency or really letting him walk. They didn't do it. Not like there wasn't that lack of effort for trying. They did bring in a guy like Carlos Dunlap. Never happened. Then this offseason, they watched guys like Leonard Floyd go off the market, Frank Clark go off the market, and most recently Ngakwe go off the market. Not quite sure whether they were ever interested in any of those guys, but now they have their edge rusher, a veteran, and Justin Houston. Your thoughts overall on the Panthers finally coming to terms with the veteran edge rusher? Well, they were always going to add somebody. I mean, I think you and I have talked about it before. I, I just didn't think they were willing to spend what a lot of these premium guys are. And so when you have a 34-year-old guy on the market who's probably looking to just play for a contender, that guy's going to wait out the market. And I think that's what happened with Justin Houston. I mean, he's a guy who's coming off nine and a half sacks. It's not like he wasn't productive last year. He's a perfect fit for the 3-4 scheme. I don't get the vibe that they were super in on Yanni Higakwe. That contracts okay. a lot. Um, I would say Justin Houston's a significantly more well-rounded player. Higakwe um, got $10.5 million. To me, he's a $5.5 million player. Um, I mean, you're going to use him on third down. That's I it. Mean, you, I mean, he's, he's a guy who you're not going to get a lot out of the run with him. And when you have Brian Burns already out there, you don't need two weeks side pass rushers, right? It's kind of redundant. Um, I think for them, this is actually really a well-played move. If you really think about it, they waited out the market. They're paying Houston one less in guaranteed base salary than Leonard Floyd. Um, Leonard Floyd can, I think, make up to $9 million. I believe that was reported. I mean, Houston's cap is 7 million, which is what Leonard Floyd is being paid. Um, part of the reason why he even is getting paid this much is because when Yannick Ngakwe gets $10 million, that's going to raise the market for the kind of the straggler group and at pass rusher. But what I think is interesting here is he's they're in a spot where Marquis Haynes has a back injury, but when he gets back, they're not paying him, Justin Houston, so much that they can't rotate guys, which is really what Justin Houston has done in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see them as being redundant players. I actually think that Justin Houston compliments moving them around and doing sort of like a first and second down player and a third down player. I just, I feel for Marquise Haynes because he didn't even really get to compete for this starting job, which is clearly going to go to Justin Houston. Right. Um, but I think overall, I think the Panthers handled this well. He got paid a little bit more than I thought he would. I thought their number number would be more five to five and a half. But in reality, I mean, when Yannick Ngakwe gets overpaid, so do other people. 
Yeah, and that's the thing about him. He's on, what, his sixth team in eight seasons. And if he provided anything other than pass rush, which obviously is something that teams are willing to spend a lot of money on, then I think the Carolina Panthers might have been interested. I don't think they are ever going to be interested at $10.5 million. Like, when I saw that number come out on Thursday, it's like, okay, like, that was never really a reality. How about, though, because I guess fans would probably look at it, when Leonard Floyd, there's obviously the connection there with the defensive coaching staff dating back to Los Angeles. Now, I don't blame him. The guy went from a team where he won a Super Bowl, bad year last year, to a team where he could potentially win a Super Bowl this year. Like, I can see fans seeing the numbers that he's getting at $7 million base, incentives up to nine, and then seeing what Justin Houston got, and then seeing people kind of frustrated with, hey, you could have got like a younger player who maybe – if it works out this year, he can return next year. Like, what would you say to anyone out there who would be a little frustrated by not being able to make that signing happen and bring Justin Houston, an older player, for about the same money? Your frustration is completely valid. It's it's a very fair feeling to have. I yeah. think what I would say is, like, the counter to that would be like, hey, they wanted to see what they had on their roster first before jumping into – a contract with pretty heavy escalators. Um, they're also one-year rentals too. I mean, there's no guarantee that Leonard Floyd was going to come here and blow up the world. Um, right. I mean, maybe to them, they look at this as Justin Houston as a bridge starter. It gives DJ Johnson a little bit more time. Frankly, after watching him in practice, he needs more time. Um yeah. I think if they're interested in keeping Amari Barno, he's really just a special teams player at this point. This gives him time. Eco Leota is going to, is a situational pass rusher at this point. So is Kobe Jones. So you're dealing with a lot of like part-time players. And I think adding a part-time player who is extremely efficient at getting to the quarterback makes a lot of sense. I think Leonard, if you, if you're signing Leonard Floyd, he is a three down player and that's really helpful but I also think you've invested in other guys. Marquise Haynes got an extension a little while ago. Yeah. If you're going to keep Vitor Gross Matos, you've got to find a way. Like, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but like the outside of opinion or the Twitter opinion of Vitor Gross Matos is really uh, polarizing. And frankly, it shouldn't be. Um, and so I think the way that they are handling this makes a lot of sense. You're basically throwing another, you know, uh, coal into the fire but this Cole is much bigger and more successful and can play a three, four defense. And you don't really have to teach him from, from scratch. Well, let's stay there though. You, you talk about Etor Gross Matos and, and I know there's going to be who's, who's it good for? Who's it bad for? How does this potentially change the numbers there? As far as the initial 53 man roster goes, you talk about him and say that the opinions, I mean, Twitter is always polarizing, but the opinion of Etor mm -hmm. Gross Matos shouldn't be, I know he came out on Sunday and he said, Fans saying they need an edge rusher that I'm not good enough. I want to prove people who I say I am. Well, the team pretty much told him on Sunday with the signing that they need an edge rusher and he wasn't good enough. So what do you think the opinion really should be on Etor Grossmatos after his first three seasons and now battling for a roster spot and what many believe is an awkward fit for him there in this 3-4 scheme? Well, I think some things that he said about playing three technique and moving around and, and all that stuff, that's really nice and everything, but that sounds more like trying to find a place to put him as opposed to, hey, this guy's versatile. Because we've right. seen he is not a versatile player. He has very consistently been a 4-3 defensive end on the strong side. That's his game. That's what he is. Um, now, this is a hybrid defense. They're going to play some 4-3. He will get snaps there if he stays. I just think when you look at the dynamics of this room, he's on his fourth year. He's with a new staff. It's not a great fit. 
Yeah. Um, I don't think he's been particularly standout-ish in camp. Like he's had a couple of moments, not nothing noteworthy, but he's, he's had some moments. Um, I just think like you're going to play Burns all the time. If Burns goes down, Yitor Grossmatos is not, you know, saving the ship as it were. No. Um, Justin Houston is going to play a decent amount, but he's a rotational player. Marquise Haynes is the guy that you believed in enough to hold off on signing other players for an entire like off season. And then, I mean, look, I think uh, Iku Leota and um, Kobe Jones have both outperformed DJ Johnson by a country mile. And uh, I, I, you know, that's okay. They knew he was a project. That's, that's also why I've, criticize the process quite a bit he's 25 years old coming up this season well, like, yeah uh, in october man like i mean you know you read the charlotte observer i mean i I've, I've been very critical of that draft pick um but like if you're gonna keep five you have to say to yourself like what what's the goal here for this rotation and i i'm a little concerned that like you're just fitting him to fit him. And I think that's putting him in a really bad spot entering a contract year. It's also putting yourself in a bad spot uh, with a guy who you're probably only going to keep for one more year. So is it worth really doing that? Like to me, I'd rather keep the two cost controlled upside guys in Leota and Kobe Jones. And, you know, I don't know really what the trade market would be for you Gross Matos. I don't imagine it'd be very high. But I think no. it's best for both groups. If he doesn't play well in the preseason, you've got to figure this out. Yeah, I, I kind of think about a week ago, they cut Bravion Roy, brought in LeBron Ray, who's not going to make the team probably. But either way, they brought in somebody who they felt like fit what they're doing better. And that Bravion Roy is not a fit. I don't know if he's been picked up anywhere, but he's a yeah, guy he who's Okay, so that, that's not surprising. That's a guy who has been able to play some decent snaps the last three seasons in the NFL. So he got another opportunity to be somewhere that would make more sense for him. And in looking at it for Gross Matos, just looking at the numbers, I think you had four guys that you thought would make the roster at outside linebacker with the assumption that they were going to eventually bring someone in. Like right now, it's Burns is obviously on the roster. Johnson, because they drafted him. Of course, they just signed um, Justin Houston yesterday. And then you think of Marquise Haynes, and it's kind of figuring out what do you want? Barno. Matos, maybe Kobe Jones, Eculiota, one of those guys makes as a fifth spot. It just feels like right now the best thing for Grossmatos in his career in the NFL is probably to be traded or to be cut by Carolina, knowing that they're probably not going to really want to utilize him or even keep him around in a couple weeks if he does not perform at a high enough level the preseason. Yeah, and I'll say, you know, he's put in a lot of effort. Like the effort isn't unnoticeable like he you can see he's really trying very hard I just don't see it as a fit and you know I I try to shoot this situation straight I just don't get it I I really don't um now this coaching staff has done wonders with a lot of players Keith Taylor is playing very very well CJ Henderson looks much improved Shaq Thompson's done a great job Kamu Grugier Hill looks like he did three years ago um Marquan McCall has been very good Raekwon Williams, a practice squad guy, has played pretty well. Uh, this coaching staff is really good, and I understand taking or giving them the benefit of the doubt with a guy who wouldn't be a natural scheme fit. I just mm-hmm. think for all parties, 
when you look at the way that some of these deep depth guys have played, I mean, how long are you going to put a guy on scholarship just to put him on scholarship? Yeah. I mean, that's true. And it's, I guess it's a little disappointing too to hear that DJ Johnson has not necessarily lived up to, I guess, the third round billing. But of course, if anyone's paid attention to what you wrote and even really what any of the draft nerds out there said uh, after the Panthers made that pick, it can't be all that shocking. Like I was stunned a couple weeks ago when I had you on, you're talking about how they're going to play DJ Johnson. I was like, really? Like that guy who's supposed to be a project who most people lambasted the pick. All right. That does not sound like the best plan, especially when they didn't have a veteran. So I think it can be good for him, obviously, to not be thrown out into a major role this season. That's also great for Brian Burns. It's great for the Panthers. And, and you talk about how uh, compliment, compliments uh, Marquise Haynes. Sounds like it's good for him. And it's unfortunate that he didn't get an opportunity to really go out there and earn a starting job. By this point in time in his career, I feel like most people, even with a new coaching staff, kind of knows what he is and what he provides. And I think this is probably the role that's best suited for him and for Carolina long term. Now, before we shift over to the joint practices going on this week with the Jets, um, as far as the rest of the edge, mar- edge rusher market, just from your reporting, were they ever interested in guys like today, Beyond Clowney or Melbourne Ingram or Carlos Dunlap? Did you hear anything about there being any sort of channels going between those parties? No, no, I, I, I hadn't heard anything. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. Um, but I do think that they really like Justin Houston from what I've heard over the last few few hours and and since the signing went down i think he was a guy that they really liked um felt he was a scheme fit i i don't think carlos dunlap would have been a great scheme fit i don't think ngakwe would have been a great scheme fit uh if they really wanted clowny i think they really would have gone after him um and done, done the hometown pitch had burns and Shaq and all those guys get on twitter and you know Clowney's kind of bounced around a lot and it's, it's very clear how he operates. And I just kind of think, you know, they wanted somebody who could come in, they have familiarity with uh, yeah. Houston via Reich. And look, he was extremely productive last year for a rotational pass rusher. Yeah. And you'll take that. And you look at his numbers compared to what uh, Ngakwe and both um, Leonard Floyd did last year. He's, he's right there on par, right above Leonard Floyd by half a sack. Okay. So looking at it, Wednesday, Jets coming to town. Uh, coaches say all the time, this is where they really get work done, more so than the preseason game. So expect the Carolina Panthers are certainly, especially I think Wednesday was when Frank Reich said it's going to be their busiest day, then things will slow down a little bit on Thursday as those two teams prepare for an off day on Friday before the game on Saturday. I, I've read all the reporting at the offense. Uh, it wasn't their weekend this past week, and the Jets got a damn good defense coming in here. What kind of test do you think this is going to pose for, for Bryce Young and this offensive uh, unit as they're trying to – uh, figure things out with this scheme. I think it's going to be a real test. They have great players at every level on that defense. I think when you look at the way that Robert Sal has built this defense it's with, with Joe Douglas, it's just they have so many fireballs that Andy Reid used to say to throw at you. It's just DJ Reid and, and Sauce Gardner at corner. Um, I mean, they have Jordan Whitehead at safety. There's really good linebacker play. I mean, that's maybe their weakness, but they have decent linebacker play. They've got Jermaine Johnson, Will McDonald, who the Panthers loved. Um, They, I mean, uh, Carl Lawson, like they have so many things to throw at you. It's just like, it's going to be a great test because really Bryce needs this. This is his, like, yeah, he'll play in preseason game number one, but this is really going to be his big test. Um, and we'll have Alex 
tracking all the offensive stuff. I'm, I'm more interested in how the defense plays against uh, a guy who's a veteran quarterback in Aaron, and, and, and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> okay, so I know you're not going to be tracking the offense, as you just said. But looking on that side of the ball, like aside from obviously how Bryce Young handles it, like what's the position group, like kind of the matchup that you think that fans should probably be looking out for the most over the next couple of days when the Jets are in town? Edge rushers versus their offensive tackles. I mean, I, I think that that's – does Justin Houston make them that much better? I think that that's really important. I think inside linebackers is another thing where they've looked really good against the Panthers' offense, but – what can they do against a plethora of weapons? Um, I would say on offense, you know, it'd be nice to see kind of what happens with these wide receivers versus Sauce and, and DJ Reed. I mean, I yeah, it's going to be a tough one for them. I mean, look, I I think Adam Thielen looks phenomenal. Like, really, I I'm not I'm not even trying to hype him. His route running is like on another planet. Um, that's not shocking though. Yeah, it's not. He's a technician. Um, but he, like, if you put a safety on him, goodbye, like it's done. Sorry. I don't, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Um, poor Jeremy chin. That's like the only guy who's really made him look like last year. Um, Uh, but Jeremy chin's actually had a pretty good, uh, off summer. I shouldn't like, I'm not trying to make it sound like he's not. Um, I want to see what DJ Char can do against uh, against Sauce Gardner. I want to see what Mingo and, and Terrace Marshall can do against press coverage. The other day, Frank Reich said that Marshall is good against press coverage. Well, I've yet to see that. So um, he and Mingo have kind of like ebbed and flowed as to who's broken out. Like Mingo was very good early on, and then he kind of fell into the background, and Marshall kind of had like a kind of uh, – like a, an uneventful first two or three practices and then has come on this week. So um, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. Yeah. No, I mean, receivers certainly something to look at. Cause I mean, sauce Gardner defensive rookie of the year last year in the AFC DJ Rita in his own right, pretty darn good corners. So that'll be just that going against that jets defense. Cause I mean, this is an offense where I guess it's not all that surprising at all this weekend to hear that they're lagging behind the defense, even if the defense is uh, working on, implementing their new scheme. I know Reich said that they've gotten through all their installs, which is obviously the most important thing to do in the first two weeks, especially when you're preparing for an actual preseason game, but really trying to get the most out of what you've installed on Wednesday and Thursday with the Jets. So that's definitely the side of the ball. Probably I think most people are interested in, um, but defensively kind of what, like what should people be looking at there as far as like what this defense looks against the Jets offense, where just got a bunch of new receivers, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the run game, I don't really know how much because uh, that with some guys that they like Dalvin Cook's not signed yet. If they even are going to sign him, of course, Brees Hall, he's still out. So I don't know how much you're really focusing on that. But what are the things aspect wise when you're going to be out there on Wednesday as you'll be watching the defense that you're kind of looking to see um, from that Panthers unit against that Jets offense with now, of course, Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback? I mean, I think J.C. Horn versus Garrett Wilson is is going to be a show. Like yeah. those two guys can compete. They're both long athletic. They both are built like basketball players where they can sky for the ball. It's going to be a nice jump ball sort of afternoon, but they both have speed too. So, or I should say morning, because technically it's like 10, 15 in the morning when they practice. Um, and then I think, look, um, CJ Henderson's put together a really good camp. I mentioned that earlier. 
I want to see how consistent he can be against somebody he doesn't really watch run routes on a daily basis. Dante Jackson's look solid. Um, this safety group I have said is their deepest group. It'll be nice okay. to see how Xavier Woods and Von Bell communicate together against an offense they're not used to seeing. Um, they're getting rave reviews, by the way, from pretty much everyone from players to coaches about how they communicate on the back end. Um, they've really gelled very well. Look, and I think you want to see Derek Brown kind of take that next step. I think I've said on the show before, I think he's the guy that really could be the one in this defense that, that benefits. He had a, a, an awesome weekend, like an awesome weekend. All right. Um, he was pushing this offensive line. Like, I mean, it, it was very interesting to watch. I mean, I think when you look at the defensive line, you're going to have shy title and Derek Brown, and then you're going to have a rotation of that third player, but the starter is going to be Mark McCall. And I kind of want to see how he takes on the guards in the center for the jets. Mm-hmm. Um, the Panthers have put, or sorry, the jets have put some money into that offensive line um, invested in that offensive line. And I, I think McCall's up to the call as it were. And I think, you know, look, this is, this defense is new. I, I mean, I really want to see how everything kind of functions. And then against the yeah. second, you know what I'm really interested in is how this second team defense plays against Zach Wilson. Um, because we know that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a handful, but like the, I've, I've covered Z, uh, Jets practices with Zach Wilson before. He will offer you up some, you know, some snacks in the passing game. And if you can yeah. take advantage, you're going to look pretty good. If you don't, it's going to look like wasted opportunities and maybe these guys don't think as well on their feet. Yeah. Well, there's certainly not a lot of depth concerns for the jets defense, but there are for the Carolina Panthers defense, just the, the roster overall. And I guess one other thing I think people probably be looking at Cade Mace there at right guard. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much will be matched up on Quinn and Williams, but it's on the jets. That's the matchup I'm looking for. Um, so that will be something to look out for as he tries to hold down that spot as Austin Corbett pretty much confirmed on Sunday that, yeah, I'm going to miss some time to start off the season. But Mike K., he's of the Charlotte Observer, one of your two Carolina Panthers beat reporters. Follow him on Twitter at Mike underscore E underscore K with an E there at the end as he will be there down in Spartanburg embracing the heat there on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday as the Jets come down to Spartanburg for joint practices. Mike, thank you for your time as always, man. Julian, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Take a quick pause and we'll come back, wrap up the show here on Lockdown Panthers. Great conversation there with Mike Kay, the Charlotte Observer, who does a fantastic job covering the Carolina Panthers. Some insight there on how the move of Justin Houston is going to impact some of those players on the roster. And maybe we're looking at the last days in Carolina for Etor Grossmatos, who did come out on Sunday and said, all the fans are saying that the team needs an edge rusher and that I'm not good enough. Well, the team went out there and basically told him that on Sunday as they went out and got a veteran in Justin Houston who already had a past relationship with the Panthers' new head coach, Frank Reich. And it's a good move for all involved, for Brian Burns, for DJ Johnson and even Marquise Haynes, who Mike believes works hand-in-hand with the Justin Houston as they're going to rotate their edge rushers this upcoming season. Good move for the Carolina Panthers. An exciting week coming up as the Jets are coming to town. There are some Super Bowl expectations for the New York Jets, as crazy as that sounds, considering this team has the longest drought in the NFL, having not been to the playoffs since the 2010 season when Rex Ryan was their head coach and they took the Sanchez, or the Sanchez took them to the AFC Championship game for the second year in a row. So it should be interesting couple days, especially Wednesday 
for the Panthers as a matchup with the Jets down there at Spartanburg, in Spartanburg, at Wofford, as the uh, HBO Hard Knocks cameras will be around then on Saturday. They'll be here. Back home for the start of the preseason where we'll get to see Bryce Young and the starters go out there and play a little bit on Saturday afternoon. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all make sure to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Wednesday, where Antoine Staley, who used to cover the Panthers but now covers the Jets from the New York Daily News, will join the show and give us a Jets perspective of joint practices heading on down this week on Wednesday and Thursday in Spartanburg.